Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Hey guys, I'm so glad you're with me tonight. And I got great news. We're starting a brand new series tonight. All month of June, we are going to be in this series starting over. Have you ever asked yourself the question, can I start over with God? Do I get an opportunity to start over? Man, you know, since I got saved, man, some of you got saved 20, 30 years ago. You're like, man, I wish I could just get a start over in this thing because I've taken some roads that I don't want to take. I made some decisions I didn't want to make. I don't know where me and God are at, but if I could start over, if I can get a redo, my life can change forever. You know, I was thinking about it. You know, as I was getting ready for the series, I started thinking about the kids. You know, I remember when they were younger, you know, you play a game with them or something like that, and you, you know, I'd be playing sports with the kids, and all of a sudden you'd be up like a couple points, and you're like, okay, no, 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 let's start over. You know, you're almost winning. It's like, let, let, let's start over. You know, because they felt like they were losing. They were like, no, 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 no. If we keep going this way, let's start over. I remember playing like volleyball one time with the kids, you know, when I was winning. And it's like, you know, got them beat nine nothing. They're like, oh, let's start over. Let's start over. Let's start over. And I start over again and again and again. Why? Because sometimes when we look like life is, is, we might look like we're losing. Let's be straight. Or we might look like we're not winning. Or we might not look like things are working out the way we thought they were going to work out. We just want to start over. Well, I tell you what, this series, this month is going to change your life because you can start over with God. And I'm going to say this. God kind of gives you a brand new beginning. It's really awesome. It's going to be a great month. I want you to share this. I appreciate you sharing it. We're going to get right in this word. So as you take time to share, I really want you guys to know, man, it means so much to me because this is how we reach our church family, but this is how we reach the lost, and this is how we reach people outside of our church to show them what we're doing here and help them grow in God. That's our number one goal and objective, to help you grow in God. Amen? So how many are you ready to give? Amen. Praise the Lord. Look at Leviticus 2730. There's no question that the first step to proper stewardship is that me and you tithe, because your tithe belongs to the Lord. And all, and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. Man, in Leviticus 2730, we see that God said that that tithe is holy and it belongs to the Lord. You know, we've read a scripture before to you guys about how God said, if the lump is holy, then the whole piece is holy. The piece of the lump, meaning this, like if I had a piece of bread, let's just say I had a big piece of bread. You ever go like, you know, go to a bakery, they got these big, huge pieces of bread. If I just took a little piece of the piece of it off, it would be holy and the whole loaf is holy. What God is saying is this, is that if you give a piece to God, the holy tithe, everything you gave from that piece, like this, right? You got a paycheck, right? Okay? So now you got a paycheck that's natural. Natural. Just say you got a $500 paycheck, right? And you sit there and go, okay, $50 is going to God. The minute you take that 50 out of that 500, that 500 just became blessed money. That 450 just became holy because it was part of the piece I took it from and gave to God as a gift. See what I'm saying? When your life becomes a gift to God, God, I'm telling you, man, listen to me, God gets involved in your finances. I promise you this, it works. And when you work it, it works for you. Amen, ain't that good? You said, picture that, like, so I got, I got a 
She said, like, I got a $1,000 check, or I got $1,000 right there. If I take that $100 out of that $1,000, that $900 is now holy. If I got a hundred grand, and I said, man, God, this, I'm going to give you that $10,000 gift. Come on, that money becomes holy because it's separated on the God. Where the lump, the whole, the piece of the whole is holy because you gave to God. And it kicks back to the source of where it came from and blesses it. Man, you got blessed money. Man, that's great understanding and potential of seed. Amen? Let me, four powerful ways to give. They're right there. They're all on the screen. Relevantfl.org slash giving. 386-968-1103. You see that right there? You got the text to give. Man, I'll tell you what. Whatever's easier for you. Cash app, dollar sign, relevant. It's right there. And I want you to know this that they're all on the screen, they're all safe and secure, and I want you to know we appreciate your faithfulness to give because your seed, your seed speaks into your future and your seed brings the harvest back into your life. I promise you that's true, amen? Let me pray over your seed. Father, I thank you for the givers. I thank you for the seed sowers. I thank you for the tithers. I thank you for the increase. I thank you for the overflow. And I thank you for the blessing of God coming upon them super, super naturally, making, making means to the end of the dream within their heart. You're the way maker. Thank you, God, for giving them opportunity. I break the power of the enemy off their finances. We loose the angels of heaven to bring them their harvest. And we thank you, Father, for the seed going forward and changing their financial future because of the promise that you gave them. I promise you that's true because the Bible says that the ability of heaven is resting upon their sowing of their seed. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen. Well, praise be the Lord. I promise you this. I'm excited about tonight. I'm getting, getting dialed in. Starting over. You ever ask yourself, can I start over? A lot of times in life, people kind of take life. You know, I see this a lot. You see this a lot with people in a relationship. You know, they get in a relationship. And, you know, I read this article one time. It was really crazy. There was a guy, and he had been married, and he was married for a season of life, and he wound up getting, he wound up getting divorced. And after he got divorced, he, he was, he was kind of like in this season of life where he was kind of re, reestablished his life, got it together. And, and he got to a thing, and he wrote, this, he wrote this letter, and he sent it in to like a newspaper or something, and it was really a confession that was pretty wild, and there was a lot of, re lot of regret connected to it, and there was a lot of life, and I'm gonna explain it to you. So he starts this brand new relationship, and he wound up writing this letter basically to his ex-wife, and what he realized was this, that this new road that he was on to step into this new season, everything that this, the wife-to-be was asking for was basically the, the, re the requests of the wife before. And he had this vision in his head like this, like meaning like, man, you know what? I wasn't willing to make these changes in my first relationship. And I'm probably not willing to make these changes in my second relationship. And he woke up to the fact of the matter that basically his first wife was asking for the same things his next wife was asking for. And he kind of woke up to the situation of, man, I'm in this place of regret that basically I have to make changes in, in my, per and this is men, women, everybody. I got to make changes for my future to be different than I should have made in the last season of my life. And because not, I didn't, I, I got to just start over in this season that I could have fixed last season 
but it seems like every time I'm starting over, I'm in this stuck spot of coming back to the source of why I got to get these new mindsets. And it was funny when I read it, and I'm trying to get it to like be clear to you that some of the reasons why we always feel like we got to start over in, in things in life is because we got to take life by, we got to sometimes take life by the reins and go, look, I got to look in the mirror and go, hey, the only way I'm really going to get a start over in life, otherwise I'm going to keep repeating history, is I've got to make some life changes if I'm going to have a different future. Otherwise, history is going to repeat itself, and I'm going to be on the same road no matter what. So what I want you to talk about to you is today in this month is you can get a start over, but starting over is going to come. What the first thing you're thinking about is what changes do I have to make so I can create the future I want to see? Because it seems like life just keeps being this reciprocal actions on my behalf, and the same results are taking place each and every day of my life. And I want to change my results, and the only way I think I can change my results is I got to change what I'm doing. That's exactly right, but here's the thing to get a fresh start and keep doing the same things over and over in pattern of thought puts us in a spot where what? We don't even want to try no more. Here's the thing you got to remember. Regret is a real tough thing. And I think, you know, it's basically an experience we all come to and we don't like it. We all make wrong choices. We make foolish choices. Choices. I've something Something happens to us, something hurts us, somebody hurts us, we regret it. Sometimes we even start regretting decisions before we make it because we're so sure the consequences are going to be so disappointing to us, we don't even try. And that's the big thing. Some people got really big regrets. Some people dwell on them, right? Everybody's got them. And, and so this thing, don't feel like you're alone in this thing, Okay? Because look, we all make mistakes. Now, not and this is going to be this is going to be um, this is going to be touchy for a minute because I don't want you to reflect upon your your mistakes and and almost open a sore spot for some of you. But we're going to deal with them. We're going to look at them. We're going to compartmentalize them, and then we're going to live beyond them. And that's really huge because don't, listen, don't feel alone. Okay, the bottom line is this. We've all made mistakes, no matter what they are. You know what? And sometimes in life, don't you wish you could do it all over again? Now, this is really cool. Many of us are, you know, listen, many are dealing with the regrets of, you know, you know, messed up stuff, you know, whatever that is. You know, maybe you lost your job. Maybe you got, you know, you missed out on a, I had a guy, right? Listen to this. This guy calls me up. I just talked to this guy yesterday. You're going to love this. Guy calls me up. And he said, man, he goes like this. He said, I, I loaned this guy. He said, a guy came to me and asked me for money, like 100 grand or something. He goes, he needed 100 grand. And he said, yeah, sure. He said, I had it, so I gave it to his business guys. He said, I had it, and I gave it to him. And he said, the guy came to him after he loaned the money. He said, hey, you know what? I can give you back the money, but I could also let you in on this thing I'm kind of doing. If you want to get in, let me know, or you want your money. And the guy was like, yeah, I think I maybe should get involved in this. And he hemmed and he hauled and he wound up saying, now nah, you know what, just give me the money. And that guy right now, the business that he was getting ready to get into is worth over 
a, a, like a, a lot of money. You're talking about multiple millions of dollars. <laughs> you go, you go, man. How many of you know you regret that, right? You know, you hear these stories about people like I could have bought into Facebook or something, you know, and the guy's like, it's worth a billion dollars, and you're like, oh my god. I was on the ground floor, and this guy, I know him, he's, it's a legit story, and I know the people he was in business with, and I was kind of like, oh my God, that's not easy. So your, your money, that, that one little moment in time could have let you in, $100,000 could have let you in to almost, oh, this company thing is like, oh, it's like 60 to $100 million, and you could add a piece of that, but you know what you did? You made a bad decision. Now, that seems like, you know, okay, that seems like, wow, that's a tough one. But how many of us have made bad decisions? Maybe, maybe, maybe you made a bad decision and, you know, cost you time. Maybe you went through, you know, here, series, series of stuff that goes on. Maybe you ruined the relationship. Maybe, maybe, maybe you rejected some good advice. Maybe you hurt somebody you cared about. Maybe... Maybe you maybe you did something bad and, and it cost you time. Maybe maybe you went maybe you had an addiction. Maybe you made bad choices. I don't know what it is, but I guarantee you this. I bet you this. Everybody in this room and everybody in this series can go. I got my own stuff. I got some regrets. Every one of us. I bet I bet you right now your head's like, oh yeah, I did that. Oh yeah, I did that. Oh yeah, I spent this. Oh yeah, I did this. Oh oh, I did this stuff. Oh, I did that. And this is not to beat you like. Go back to your past. Remember your problems. Get in those. This is about starting over. You got to really understand this. You're going to have to face some of this stuff head on because some of you are depressed because of these decisions. Some of you are living in this thing. You can't get away from it. Some of you are just, you know, in a spot. And this series all month long is about starting over. There might be minor regrets. There might be major regrets. I, I, maybe it's maybe it's a painful. Maybe maybe it's um, maybe it's ever present. Maybe you're, you maybe you got a mega regret. Maybe you just suppressed it. Maybe you're maybe you're conscious of it every day. I don't know. But starting over is what we're talking about. That's what I really want you like kind of like to grab hold of is that we're getting ready to start over with a brand new beginning with God. And this whole month, this is what this is about. You mean, Pastor Chris, you know, I've, I've had people that have made decisions in life that, that they can't shake. This whole key about this is getting to a place where we could come back to living beyond the regrets of life, living beyond the pain of maybe some poor decisions. And how about this one? You want to know what? I got somebody... Um, I got somebody, you know, somebody came home. Well, I got these people, you know, and somebody came home and said, I don't love you anymore. You know what? That's, that's a tough one, man. You know what I mean? And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, yeah, they came home and said they don't love me anymore. What am I supposed to do with my life? And you got, you got regret about maybe not being the spouse you're supposed to be or maybe, not, maybe about the parent you're supposed to be or maybe you got these regrets in life. You know, and I don't want to make it just all gloom and doom. Maybe you made bad decisions. Decision making doesn't mean you just got regrets from the decision, but how I many you made a bad decision and now you're eating the consequences of that decision and now you feel like, man, I missed it. Can I start over? Maybe you walked away from God. Maybe you got to come back. I don't know, but I could find you in this series if you let me. If you let me in, I can find you. There's, there's things that happen that you feel that in this series, 
We can help you live beyond the pain. You know what? I'm going to tell you something that's really crazy. Um, somebody went in the, um, uh, somebody did a survey and they went to a nursing home and they asked all these people in the age bracket of like, you know, 70 to 80s or whatever they could find them in, you know, nursing home people. And I wasn't trying to be mean, but, you know, usually they're older people. And they asked this common question and they found that these people had the same response. And basically it was unmet expectations in life that they never achieved. They had all these things they wanted to do, but they never did it. They had all these dreams they wanted to accomplish, but they never did it. They had all these things that they wanted to go after in life, but they never did it. And now they were sitting back reflecting upon life, and it went so fast that now they're looking and going, I never got the opportunity to do the things I wanted to do, and I regret the fact that I never made the conscious decision when I had the time and I had the availability to do it, I didn't do it. Look, I'm not here, like, giving you a hard time, but here's what I'm saying. Everybody can, look, you know what? You could say, well, those people, they can't live, they can't go back and be 20 again. No, but I'll tell you what they can do. They can lose the mindset of thinking they missed out on something because we can overcome these pains that we carry because we feel like, man, if I could just do it all over again. And young people, they're oblivious to this. You know, like a 20-year-old, you tell them, oh, can you start over? He's like, I don't care about starting over. I got nothing but time. But the Bible says life is like a vapor, and you blink, and it's there. You see what I'm saying? And nobody's having a midlife crisis, so everybody relax. Like, Pastor Chris, you're 50 now. You're having a midlife crisis. That's why you're preaching. So I don't, I don't have regrets because I dealt with this series before I brought it to you. I'm like, hey, you know what? Life, life. Life is what you're going to make it. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? It is. You can look at anything. You got you to you look through the word of God, and you got to make the changes. But this is what I want you to, this is what I'm leaving. We're going to crank in this thing right now. I want you to notice, you don't have to live in regret. You don't have to live in this shame of your past, the failures of the past, the mess-ups of the past. Maybe you were walking with God. You walked away. You could come back. We are talking about starting over this month, and I'm going to show you how to do it. You can start over with God. Now, God will give you a brand-new beginning, which is awesome. But what, you ever ask yourself, what does regret really mean? It means to be, feel sad or sorry about something that you did or did not do. Now, that's deep, because how many of you got regret? Like, I didn't do, I should have did that, but I didn't do it. You know what I mean? I should have did that, like, you know, but I didn't do it. To have regrets about something used, um, and basically, it's a feeling about something that is disappointing or unpleasant. Regret, psychologically, this is regret. An emotional response to remembrance of a past state condition or experience that one wishes had been different. That is a clinical psychological definition of regret. An emotional response to remembrance of a past state, condition, or experience that one wishes had been different. Did you get that? Now you know we regret. Man, we regret not, you know, not paying attention in school. 
you know, you, you, come on, how many, how many of us gain a little bit, you know, you gain a little weight and you regret doing it and you're like, oh my God, when I had this, right? You know, it's like, geez whiz, man, it used to be easy, now it's hard. Some of you regret like, man, I had this relationship, I had this great person and I didn't pay attention, I kind of blew it off. You know, you regret good relationships you had with people and you just like forget it and you let something go by. Every one of us could find the place where we wish we could have did things different. But I want you to know with God, we can start over. An emotional response to remembrance of a past state, condition, or experience that one wishes had been different. We're going to start over. This is the cool part. This series is all about starting over. Look at, Jer- look at, look at Jeremiah 18.4. We're going we're gonna to look at this, and I, I'll tell you what. Whenever the pot, I love this. Is this good? (laughs) Whenever the pot, the potter, I like this, was working on, turned out badly, as sometimes happens when you're working with clay, the potter would simply start over and use the same clay to make another pot. That's God's message. That's how it came to me. Can't I do just as this potter does, people of Israel? God decree. Watch this potter in the same way that this potter works his clay. I work on you, people of Israel. At any moment, I may decide to pull up a people or a country by the roots and get rid of them. But if they repent to their wicked lies, I will think twice and start over with them. Man, you know what? It's time to start over, right? And I want to talk to you about starting over, and I want to give you an element of starting over. You know what? Number one thing I want you to think about is this. If you got to start over, you got to be asking yourself the question, isn't there something more to life? Come on, man. There has to be, there has to be a want to, and that starts with your desire. You got to desire something else. You got to desire a better life. You got to desire. Maybe you're going to start over with your finances. Maybe you're going to start over with your health. You know, sometimes in life you got to make, I did that. I, I was living life, you know, you're just chilling, you're doing your thing. And all of a sudden one day, you know, I was just like, man, I got to take, I got to make a lifestyle change in my life so this way I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of myself at a level I wasn't before. I had to do a start over. I had to get a redo. And I started over life. I started watching what I was doing. Well, that why maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe it's a maybe maybe your marriage needs a start over. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I was trying to tell you in the beginning. Instead of going and getting somebody new and having to make the same changes, why don't you make the changes with the one you got? If you can't be with the one you love, honey, love the one you're with. Love the one you're with. Did he just do that? Yes, he did. Is the singing getting any better? I'm getting a C. I got a C on singing. Come on, you see what I'm saying? You got to make these changes anyway. That's what I'm trying to tell you. If you're going to, you got to do this. This is part of life. It's time for you to make some changes financially, life. How about marriage? How about your relationship with your kids? Right? You're like, oh, man, Tommy's 20. No, 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 there's still time. Let's get a start over. Let's, let's, let's eliminate the distance. 
Let's remove the degree of separation with intentionality to get it. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. How about a career? Let's start over, man. I want to get really good at this. Let me educate myself. Start over. There has to be a want to, and that desire starts with you. Look at Psalm 37.4. This is so good because these show you what are you doing with your desire. Make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life, and he will provide for you what you desire the most. Go to God. Get some direction. Say, God, help me. There's only one way to break out of regret. It's through the power of repentance. Now, man, I'm going to tell you what. We don't talk about this a lot in church because we like, you know, we try to steer clear of this. But the only way to break out of regret is through the power of repentance. And the only thing that can clear your conscience is repentance. Okay? The feelings will catch up if you ask God for forgiveness. Now, this is touchy, and I want to get here, okay? Because I deal with people that have gone through life. They made decisions in life. I had somebody not too long ago was like, look, I, I went through something as a, as a young kid. I made a mistake. I'm like, hey, look, you just got to repent, get it under the blood, and come out from under it. This is one of the most important things you and I can do. We have to go to God, and you got to look at the mistakes we made in life and ask God for forgiveness. That's it. Now, God is not angry. We just left God's not mad at you. So this is simple. We understand this. But if something, you know, the Bible, there's a scripture in the Bible that says this. If your heart is kind of dealing with you, you better deal with it. If your heart and your conscience is clear, don't worry about it. But if you're like, you know what? Man, I should have I did this, or I should have tried that, or I could have did it. Then get it right with God. That's not, a, that's not a bad you. That's a good understanding that, guess what? I'm taking responsibility for the things and the decisions I made in life and now not only am I taking responsibility, I'm taking responsibility for the areas that I missed it in, and I'm asking God not to forgive me. Now listen, I am forgiven, okay? God eternally forgave us. But I ask God for forgiveness not because I'm not forgiven. Does that, that's really kind of like how you got to see forgiveness, okay? Now I want to explain this. God has eternally forgiven me, okay? We're good with God. We're going to heaven. God loves you. But you repent because some of the decisions I make while I've been forgiven are not in line with the word of God. Whether they're with God or without God or whatever they were, guess what? When you're in God, some of the decisions you made in the past, you didn't have the wisdom nor the power to do. So you got, you got forgiven for all that. But if my conscience is bugging me, I can go to the throne of grace in the time of need. The Bible says in Hebrews, he what? He'll give you a clear conscience because of the blood of the lamb. Sometimes you got to clear your conscience to relieve your mind of the images and the pictures that bombard your head about mistakes. Because let me tell you something about the devil. That joker works overtime with the madness of mindsets, doesn't he? He comes to you and he's like, hey, I want to tell you something about your past. Oh, my God. He doesn't stop at this nonsense. You have to be bold in the ability to refute his arguments. Okay, so there's some stuff that happens, okay? So I want to give you some of these things that we might re be repentant of. Sometimes we might, we might regret things we've done, right? You know, these are the things in life you're like, oh, my God, what'd I do this for, right? Things I never wish I did, uh, 
maybe it was a lie you told. Maybe it was a relationship you messed up. Maybe it was dumb choice. This thing could be forever, right? You ever have that regret like, oh, man, I shouldn't have did that. Everybody's got something here, man. Don't sit here and go, oh, you know, you're so holier than thou. You haven't, you know, come on. Stop. Stop. Maybe it was an action thing you did. You're like, oh, man, I wish I could get this. Just repent. Ask God to forgive. Pastor Chris, I did this 20 years ago. Well, if it's bothering your conscience, get it under the blood. I'm not trying to make you sin conscious. You understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to get you to a place of starting over. If you keep thinking of what you did when you were 17 and you can't live beyond it, we ain't going nowhere. Because every time I start telling you who God is in your life, you go back to this set point of thinking you're messed up. Things we, didn't, things we wish we didn't do. Um, opportunities we missed out on. Time wasted. Man, you better not waste no time. It's precious. You know what I say about time? It's the most valuable thing on the face of the earth. Every minute you live it, you lose it, and you ain't got enough money to buy it back. Can't do it. So don't be a time waster. Um, risks not taken. How about that one, right? Man, I should have started that business. I should have did this. I had a dream. How many had a dream, right? I was going to go do this, or I should have been that, or I should have did this, or I never, I, never, I never gave it a shot. I just, I, le- I left it on the back burner. I let it pass me by. This is going to get you activated to get moving. Like some of you, man, pick it up. You might pick it up. You're 40 years old, 50 years old. Who cares? Do it. Um, how about sometimes in life, it's an action that was taken against you. Sometimes our greatest regret starts with something that was done to us, right? Maybe somebody, maybe somebody was abusive. And I'm, I'm telling you, man, I'm touchy here, man. I got people in the church, they lived in an abusive situation. You know what I mean? I've got people in the church that have lived through parents that were um, abusive. Through, through maybe they, I had one, one couple, you know, that they were going through, the mom and dad were drug addicts, you know what I mean? And the, the kids were neglected and the kids were, the kids were exposed to stuff that they should have never been exposed to. They, they, they live in regret of having parents that didn't have it together. Some of you come out of that. Um, some of you, uh, how about neglect, right? Some of you been, I got a buddy of mine, Man, I tell, it was funny. He's a really good friend of mine. His mom one time came, he was a young kid. His mom came home and said, I'm gonna be gone for a couple weeks. Take care of yourself. And I'm thinking like, dude, how old were you? Like 20? And they're like, no, I was like 14. I was like, well, where were you? He goes, I just had to make it happen. You know, people just grow up in an environment where they've been neglected by parents. People have been, been just stuff, betrayal in life and bad things happen. Even if it wasn't our fault, even if it wasn't, we, well, we, re, we regret them, right? We don't, we don't, like, man, why did I have to have this? Sometimes we get mad at God, don't you? Why do I, gotta, why do I have to have this? Other people didn't have this kind of life. Why do I have to have this? You know, I tell my kids all the time. It was funny. I tell them all the time. Well, I don't tell them all the time, but I, I tell them, you know what I mean? I'm like, make this an everyday communication. But I said, what me and your mother are not, God will be. You know, like I'm doing the best I can. I'm trying to be a great dad. I'm trying to be a great parent. I'm trying to be a great husband. What I'm not, God's got to make up the difference. Look, if you, you know what I told them one time? If you guys lived in a perfect world, you never would have needed God. You know what I'm saying? My flaws, I'm not excusing my flaws. Please understand me. But if my kids grow up in a perfect, perfect life with me, then they wouldn't be looking for God. There's enough stuff out there. You know what I'm saying? 
And I'm not trying to make an excuse, but understand me, man, if you lived in a perfect home, you wouldn't need God. I'm doing the best I can with what I know to do, and I know you should need God anyway. It's not like God's just, you know, the God to get you. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to make it like God's the God to get you out. But guess what? If I'm not, if I'm not everything, if you became everything to your spouse, they wouldn't need God. If you're everything to everybody, they wouldn't need God. Guess what? We need God because of our human frailties. We're not all hitting it on all cylinders. So this is big, okay? This is huge. So you got to get this thing. Look at what Psalms 19, 13 says. This is really good. Clean the slate, God, so we can start the day fresh. Man, don't that sound good? Keep me from stupid sins, from thinking I can take over your work. Then I can start this day sun-washed, scrubbed clean from the grime of sin. Man, that's strong. Okay? Now, here's a big one. And I want you to pull this in because this is huge. Okay? You ready for this? Huge one. And I'm not going to get into all this fancy stuff because then people don't understand what I'm talking about. It's, it's crazy. Okay? Um, this, uh, let, me, let me play it like this. Okay? One of the greatest challenges with this stuff is this. We got to live beyond the regret. And one of the things that's problem with regret, we seem to play it over and over and over in our mind. And we get stuck in this repetitive cycle of thought. And it's dangerous. I think it's why many people are depressed in the earth today. Because they can't shake the picture that the enemy just keeps bringing to their mind of these pains. You know what I'm saying? And one of the things we talk about is this. It's, it's, basically, um, uh, it's basically running it over in your mind over and over and over. It's, it's backward meditation. We're supposed to meditate on the good. When you, have, when you have the bad and you meditate on it, it creates a reality. And if you don't shut the replay button off, that mindset gets a, that's why it says cast down imaginations and every high. You know what's funny? If you could find that in the passion, um, let's find that right here. So this way I can read it too at the same time. But if we go, I'm telling you what's really cool is if you go to, um, if you go to, um, if you get in there and you see this thing, um, you basically we've got to go to 2 Corinthians. Let me tell you that first, right? I'm over here talking about 2 Corinthians 10 and we could start with verse, verse three. And we'll read it in the passion because the passion reads, a little bit deeper for understanding. Um, you know, it says, cast down on imagination every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into obedience all these things. But look what it says. For although, now look, I want you to pull this in, right? Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Can we start with verse two? Can I start with verse two? Um, um, this is, this, it gets a little stronger. Look, because this is what I was saying. Now I plead with you that when I come, don't force me to take a hard line with you. I'm willing to do it by daring to confront those who mistakenly believe that we're living by standards of the world and not by the Spirit's wisdom and power. See that? He said, then don't make me come at you hard with this thing. Pay attention. This is the battle you got in the earth. For although we live in this natural realm, we ain't waging no military campaign employing human weapons. 
using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We understand it's demonic. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in the obedience to the anointed one. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose to complete disobedience. Now that right there is showing you these mindsets are real, okay? And they're not just mindsets. They're just weapons of the enemy coming against you. He uses, he uses pictures of your past. He uses regret as weaponry to keep bombarding your mind. And if you don't start disciplining your mind, you're going to keep seeing the same picture over and over and feelings over and over and ideas, thoughts, suggestions. The enemy has thoughts, ideas, suggestions. He's not going to stop with the thoughts, the ideas, and the suggestions until you start disciplining your thinking. Now, this thing is this. How do we live beyond it? Okay? You know what's funny? It's like you roll it over. It becomes, I'm telling you, it's going to be detrimental to your life if you don't clear this up. Okay? Regret can have damaging effects on the mind and body when it turns into the fruitlessness of constantly repetitive thought with blaming yourself and it stops most people from reengaging in life. Regret impedes the ability to recover from stressful life events by extending their emotional reach for months, years, and even lifetimes. Did you get that? So a regret... A regret in life can basically stop you from the recovery process until it's dealt with properly. Okay? Don't think, don't think of these things as something. Now, now I need you to separate here, okay? This is big, okay? Um, this lady said this. Regret doesn't remind us that we did badly. It reminds us that we know we can do better. Regrets are like feedback on our lives, and if an action or interaction or reaction has proved harmful, you can learn from it and do better the next time. So now here's the difference, okay? Now I want you to pull that in, okay? Did you get that? So, man, I got these regrets. Now we're going to look at the Word of God and overcome these poor decisions and stuff like this. We're going to talk about worldly sorrow compared to godly sorrow, okay? Now that's big. Because the world, they got all this baloney they do. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, they just will try to get away with it. You know what I mean? A lot of times in life, people just try to use worldly sorrow. Worldly sorrow is, you've, you've been, you, trust me, you've been on the other side of worldly sorrow. People just like, you know, they give you that appeasable thing. Like, you know, you know I'm sorry, but it's all about them. They don't really care how you feel or what's going on there. They just trying to, they just say like, Forgive me to get out of it, not forgive me because, you know, a lot of times I'm really caring about what's going on right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I said I'm sorry. You know, you ever get in a fight and you're like, oh, I said I'm sorry. You don't want to take responsibility for the things that went on. So you're just like, I'm sorry. 
It's like a sorry card. You know, you put your sorry out, and then you don't really have that godly sorrow with restoration. You just have sorrow to get myself off the hook. I'm not saying I've ever done that. Pastor Liz, you know what I mean? She gets going there. I'm like, I'm sorry. But you don't know how I feel. Well, I said, I'm sorry. I don't know. It got me off this feeling thing, didn't it? You're right. Okay. So look what it says. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 7, 8, right? Come on, somebody. This is good stuff, right? Even if my letter made you sorrowful, I don't regret sending it. Even though I felt awful for a moment when I heard how it grieved you, now I'm overjoyed, not because I made you sad, because your grief led you to a deep repentance. You experienced godly sorrow, and as God intended, it brought about gain for you, not loss, so that no harm has been done to us. God designed us to feel remorse over sin in order to produce repentance that leads to victory. Did you get that? This leaves us with no regrets, but the sorrow of the world works death. Can't you see the good fruit that has come as God intended because of your remorse over sin? Now you're eager to do what's right. Look at the indignation you experienced over what happened and how it alarmed you became. What holy longing it awakened, what passion for God, and how ready you were to bring justice to the offender. Your response has proved that you were free or blame in this matter. Did you get that? That, we got to read that again. Okay, we'll go slow. Is that all right? Did that make a lot of sense, though? You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, now I know why it's here, okay? So watch this. Let's start over. Okay, verse eight. Even if this letter makes you sad, I'm not regretting it. Why? Because when you heard the word, I didn't like it, you got grieved, I'm overjoyed. Not because it made you sad. So the word of God shows up, right? So we're outside of the word of God, we miss the mark, we don't walk in love, we don't walk in faith, and all of a sudden what? Boom pricks our heart. We know we're wrong. It got, what? Not because it made you sad, but because your grief led you to deep repentance. Now, that's what God wants. He wants us to repent to restore the righteousness. So this is why you got to look. Maybe you made a mistake. Repent. Pastor Chris, I can't get rid of the picture. Forgive by faith. The feelings will catch up later. Now, some of you are going to have to forgive some people. Now, this is going to get touchy, and I want you to be sensitive. Some of you are going to have to forgive some people that are evil. And I'm the, I said evil. There's some evil people, but you still got to forgive them because God forgave me. I got to forgive them. They don't deserve it. I'm telling you right here now. I'm going to say this as a preacher, and you might not like it, but I don't care. There are some evil people should get what they deserve. And I said that. I'm going to tell you right now, I forgive, but there's some people I like to just, okay. Because some people are just evil. And I don't want to hear this, you know, ooh, you know, yeah, okay, give them mercy and give them forgiveness. But you know what? On paper, it's evil. I can forgive and I can forget and I can move on. 
But bottom line is evil is evil. I ain't going to sit here and say sin is, oh, that's okay. No, 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 no. Bump that. And, I don't, and I'm going to say this. Somebody are not going to like it, but I don't think all sin is created equal. Sorry. I know, just hear me, we live in a society that straight up, guys, I'm not, being, I'm not outside the word. I know God sees it all the same. But I'm going to tell you right here and now, some stuff, that ain't, no, that ain't no biggie to me. Some stuff's a little bigger than me in my eyes. I'm sorry. I'm just being straight. That's how I see it. You could, you know, judge me later, but you know what? I'm gonna tell you right now, I had a guy in this church, he ain't here no more. He was physically, he was physically, he was physically uh, uh hitting his, his girlfriend or whatever it was. I'll tell you a story. You wanna see something? Look, if some of you have been through that, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? I'm compassionate towards it. I woke up in the morning at the church. Guys in this church know what I'm talking about. I woke up in the morning and I was drinking my coffee, and the Lord said, if you see him, correct him. I brought the joker in the back. I scared the love of Christ into that guy. You understand me? It was not pretty. I had to repent after the meeting. Let's just put it like that. Yeah, I told him. I told him what I thought about his ministry he had there. I wasn't thrilled with it. You know what I mean? I did. You're the pastor of the church. Yeah, I'm the pastor of the church. I told him, trust me. This needs to stop today. Because if it doesn't stop today, I'm going to sample on you what you've been doing to her. Because that ain't cool with me. You say, Pastor Chris, did you do it? You better believe I did it. And I'll do it again. And I'll repent when I leave the room just like I did when I went in and locked out. Because that ain't cool with me. You neglecting your kids ain't cool with me. You doing certain things ain't cool with me. You want to go bang your head in the wall? Go for it. I'll help you. But don't, there's certain things that ain't cool with me. Now, I could forgive you, and I understand what's going on with you, and I'm not trying to be that guy. But you know what I'm saying. Some of you people been through some stuff that's not the norm. And I want you to know, yes, it's all labeled sin. And I know we live in this thing, but please hear me. I understand what you're going through. I'm not a guy that doesn't feel what you're feeling. We have to fix it and overcome it, like he's saying, but I want you to get this, I understand. I don't want you to think like, well, nobody understands. Like, look, there's some stuff that people did is evil, okay? And we're not wishing no ill on nobody, and I wasn't going to punch nobody. I thought about it, but I wouldn't do it, right, because I had security with me. But I told them the security might hurt them. Just saying. Sometimes I bring security just for me, not to people. Right? But I'm being serious. And those people ain't here this years ago. And, you know, some of you know what I'm talking about. But I was like, yeah, what, what is this nonsense? You know what I'm saying? Some of you lived in that stuff. Some of you are living in that right now. Look, I know. And I, we care about you, man. Look, he said, listen. And that's, that's, that's a different thing. Some of you got sorrow. Some of you got pain. Some of you caused it. Somebody did it to you. Some of you made a bad decision. Listen, I'm overjoyed not because I made you sad, but your grief led you to deep repentance. You experienced godly sorrow. And as God intended, it brought gain. Not loss, so that no harm has been done by us. You know what that means? I, I look at it and I go, I made a mistake. And some of you paid your debt to society in the natural you had to pay for your mistake. Thank God a lot of us didn't have to pay for our mistakes because Jesus paid for them. But some of you literally had to pay for your mistake. 
God designed us to feel remorse over missing the mark sin. Why? Because when we miss our mark, it produces repentance that leads to victory. We don't want to talk about repentance no more. The church don't talk about taking responsibility. The church just tells you, God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Yeah, God loves you, and God likes you, and God's not mad at you, but God wants you to take responsibility for some stuff. And God wants you to learn how to live beyond. Godly repentance leads to victory. This leaves us with no regrets, but the sorrow of the world leads to death. He doesn't want us to have worldly sorrow. Worldly sorrow has this, can't you see the good fruit that has come? as God intended, because you're remorse over sin. You're eager to do what is right. That's what we're saying. This is what this does. Man, I made mistakes, but I don't want to make the same mistakes again. Man, I've been missing the mark, but I don't want to miss the mark no more. Man, I've been slipping and sliding, but I don't want to go back to the place I've been. I want to overcome. Why is that? Look at this. What holy longing awakened. What passion for God. How you're ready to live this new life and response. Your response has proved that you are free of blame in this matter. What's that mean? Get it under the blood. Just get it under the blood. Look at this scripture I got for you right here. I'm closing with this. Ephesians 2.13. It's a really good scripture, guys. You got to read this. Now, he's talking about Christ. This is why Jesus came. Jesus came to give you a start. And he's continually, perpetually washing you to give you the freedom. Ephesians 2.13 says this. Now, because of Christ dying that death, shedding that blood, you who were once out of it altogether are in on everything. Look at that again. Now, because of Christ, his dying, that death, the shedding of that blood, you who were once out of it altogether are in on everything. The Messiah has made things up between us so that we are now together on this, both non-Jewish outsiders and Jewish insiders. He tore down the wall we used to keep. You used to keep each other at a distance. He repealed the law code that had become so clogged with fine print and footnotes that it hindered more than it helped. Then he started over. What do you mean he started over? Instead of continuing with two groups of people separated by centuries of animosity and suspicion, he created a new kind of human being, a fresh start for everybody. Christ brought us together through his death on the cross. The cross got us to embrace, and what? And that was to the end of the hostility. Christ came and preached peace to you, outsiders, and peace to us, insiders. He treated us as equals and so made us equals. Through him, we both share the same spirit and have equal access to the Father. He gave us a start over. Jesus came to give us a start over. Now, here's what I know is going to happen. We started over when we got born again. And I know what happened, guys. And I'm going to leave you with this. Man, but Pastor Chris, since I've been born again, you know what I've been doing? Pastor Chris, since I've been born again, you know I've been on a journey on my own? Pastor Chris, you know, since I've been, man, you know how many mistakes i made since I've been in Christ? My God in heaven, I'm living like a backslider. You can start over. We can start over. All we got to do is look at these places of things that we want to change. Go to God and repent, ask for forgiveness, and start this life over. He'll give you a brand new beginning. My mercies are new every morning. 
You don't have to live in the pain of the past, and you don't have to live in the pictures of the regrets of the old. You can start a brand new day today and start this brand new journey with God. And you can press into this thing and see the future that you've always wanted to see because God promised that he'd be faithful to you no matter what is going on in your life. But you just got to make one step towards God, and that step is repentance. Some of the stuff, there's twofold. I think these are the great, the great, the great distance eliminators. Repentance and forgiveness. They eliminate the distance. I'm going to have to forgive some people. They probably don't deserve it, but I'm going to give it to them anyway because God gave me forgiveness. I'm going to give them forgiveness. And I'm going to have to probably forgive myself because I got some regret in life I got to get rid of. Let me pray for you today. Whether you got to forgive somebody and let them go, or you got to maybe forgive yourself and live beyond the regrets of decisions you shouldn't have done. I promise you today the power of God's here and the love of God's here and the blood of Jesus is here to forgive you. That's why I came. And clear your conscience once and for all from mistakes that maybe we made and the pain of the people in our life and things in our life that cause trauma in our own life. I promise you this. If right now you'll get real with God, he'll get real with you. And he'll change your life forever. He's a faithful God. He's a loving father. And he wants to meet you right now and help you overcome in this area of your life. Let me pray for you. And I need you to just do one thing with me as we pray. As I pray for you, I'm going to ask you to say something. I'm going to ask you to forgive. And as you forgive, God's going to hear your prayer. And he's going to lift his burden of regret and let the power of forgiveness change your life forever. So, Father... I just thank you for the people right now that are watching. I thank you that the power of God's touching them right now. And Father, if they're there right now, you just say this with me. Say, I forgive. I forgive the people that have done me wrong. I let them loose right now, and I forgive them by faith. And Father, I know my feelings are going to catch up. And I'm forgiving them not because of what has taken place. I'm forgiving them because of you and your obedience to your word. I'm doing it right now. I forgive them. I forgive them for how they've wronged me. I forgive them how they treated me. I forgive them of what they've done. And Father, right now, I forgive myself. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive me where I missed the mark. I ask you to forgive me where I missed it. I ask you for repentance. And the Bible said you restore me to righteousness because of this act of forgiveness I'm asking for, this place of repentance I've come to. And I thank you, Father, it's under the blood. Help me restore the right image in my mind and the right pictures inside of me so I could see me the way you see me now and forever. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Well, praise the Lord, man. I'm glad you said that prayer because as you said that prayer, your feelings will catch up. You said, Pastor Chris, I don't feel nothing different. Well, guess what? Your faith is moving in the earth and your feelings will catch up later. Your act of faith right now has released you from some stuff that has been holding you back. And in this series, we're going to see how we could start over. Next week, I'm going to be talking to you. Can I really get a redo? Can I really get a redo on life? Can I get a re? Can I, you telling me, Pastor Chris, I can start this thing? I'm 90 years old. You telling me you can start this thing all over? I'm telling you right here and now, you can start this thing all over. It might not be a physical time clock I could take you back to, but I could speed up the place where you're at with the power of this word. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.